This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. One of the roadblocks of growing is an accurate comprehension. Realizing that Jesus isn't just love. He isn't just the Lamb. You see, we can start to skew who He is. All love, all Lamb, all tolerance, all accepting. He's not the Old Testament God. The scripture says Jesus in Him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God hasn't changed because of the New Testament. Because Jesus came, He's still God. But Jesus revealed side of God we didn't know. God is the only true God. When he sent Jesus to earth to walk in the flesh with his creation, that didn't change who he was. It gave us the opportunity to change who we are in his eyes. For those who trust in him, you're redeemed and made righteous before God because Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. The work is all on him, but the believing is still our responsibility. And as Pastor Troy will warn in today's message, If you choose to reject that invitation, you're rejecting eternal life. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John, chapter 14, with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. Today we're in John, chapter 14, verses 7 through 11. You know, from as far back as we know in mankind's history, people have believed in God or God's uh, some higher power that is in control, that, and we've even had a sense that there's, there's a justice, and sometimes that's in the form of like vengeance. We all get that. Somebody did something, you feel the need to justify or, or exact revenge, get justice. So we've always had this sense that there's someone, something, or multiple somethings or someones out there. The problem is we could never know them. I mean, the Greeks had all their gods, uh, the plethora of gods over many things, you know, over the water, over the storms, and over war. Uh, the problem was they couldn't really know them. They knew the things that happened down here, and then they would say, well, there's a God for this. And if you pray and, and, and understand that God, then you can make him happy, and he'll be on your side for rain or for war. But we never could know those gods that we believed in as mankind. You know, Adam and Eve, they knew God. They were created in his image, and they had a relationship with him, but they're the only ones who had that kind of relationship with him. But because of their sin, they fell, and they weren't in the garden any longer. But over time, with all the different beliefs in different gods, and men not being able to really know God or those gods on their own, people began to use those gods to control people, and people began to get a distaste for God or those gods, or any god, thinking that people were using those things to control people. And sadly, that has been the case in some circles, in some periods of time. But Jesus is God's way of letting us know Him. 
not through someone else, not because of someone else, not someone else controlling us, trying to make God into their image, obey God or, but so that we could know him personally. You know, there was a little girl in a class, a kindergarten class, the teacher asked the class to draw a picture of something they really appreciated, something they really looked up to, liked, admired, loved, whatever it is, but draw something. And so this one little girl was... Susie, she was really ambitious, you know, and she had her tongue out and drawn away, and the teacher was kind of curious. This girl's really into this drawing, and so she walks up to her and goes, looks at it, and she's like, Susie, what, what are you drawing? She goes, I'm, I'm drawing God. And the teacher goes, well, Susie, you know, the, bio, the Bible says no one knows what God looks like. And she, Susie looked up at the teacher and said, well, they're about to. <laughs> She had in her heart an image, and she was going to paint that image. Well, listen, Jesus could have said that to the people around him. No one knows what God looks like. No one can touch God. No one can know God. And Jesus said, well, they're about to, because he was that express image of God Almighty, the God that they had always known. In John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Didn't say he has seen him. No one's seen him, but only Jesus has seen him. That would just make Jesus a special person. But it says instead that he has declared him. Literally, he has revealed him. No one's seen God, but now Jesus has revealed him. We've seen him because we've seen him, Christ. So we pick up today with Jesus in the middle of a conversation with his disciples. Last week, Jesus told them that um, he was going away and that they could not follow him where he was going. But he did say that you guys know where I'm going and you know the way, you know, because he had been teaching them. He had been preaching. He'd been sharing this. And um, so he's like, the assumption is, but you guys already know, man. (laughs) We've been ministering. You know where I'm going. You know the way. Well, Thomas chimed in saying, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. That was really a testament about how little they had been listening. So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus expands on this today. He begins to emphasize the importance of their knowing him. Not just knowing him. Oh, there's Jesus. I know him. I recognize him. But knowing him, who he is, what he's able to do. See, if you know Jesus, you know God. And it's important for us to know that. So the good news for us is today, we can know God. But there are some things that can get in the way. Before we talk about some resources for knowing God, let's talk about some roadblocks to knowing God. Roadblocks to knowing God. Look at verse seven. Jesus says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Sounds pretty clear to me what he's saying. Some roadblocks to knowing God first, we might say an inaccurate comprehension, not really understanding, not really comprehending who Jesus is. The word know here that Jesus uses is not just identifying him. Like, you recognize me? I mean, you've been with me. You recognize me, right? It's not just to have a deep, cordial relationship with either. You know me. We've hung out. You know how I play checkers and everything. No, no, that's not what it's about. 
It means to know on the deepest personal level. You know me. You should know who I am. See, they knew him, the disciples did, better than anybody else. They spent a lot of time with him. They walked with him. Three and a half years, they were his ministry. They were under him. They walked with him. But Jesus isn't asking them if he knows, if they know him better than anyone else. That's not the goal. He's asking, don't you know me? Not better than someone else. That doesn't matter. Don't you know me? You should know who I am by now. See, Jesus had given them enough to draw the right conclusion about who he is. But they still didn't fully comprehend his, his identity. Their brains were on overload, if you will. This is a lot to grasp. I know we have hindsight. So it's like, yeah, why didn't they just get it? Well, I mean, imagine like John the Baptist. Even John the Baptist had certain doubts going, he's in prison, facing death, and he sends his his guy's out going, you know what, ask him if he's really the one or if we need to expect another. Just just wanted to get that last question. I, I believe it. I'm here because of it. But just go ask him just in case. And the last thing I want to hear is go, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm not that one. So the Lord had given them enough to identify, but it's hard. It'd be like, you know, if you're in John's position, imagine one of your cousins, a good one, the good one. And, and, the one, all the, 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 the mom, the grandparent, you know, it was just like, it's a good kid. But then, good kid's one thing. But then saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am, you guys have always wanted to know God. Well, if you want to know him, here he is. Here I am. I mean, look at me. I'd be like, uh, that's a little bit much there. I mean, you're good, but, well, Jesus was good and there was no but. It was like, he did miracles, he did signs, he did everything to show them the same things. He says, you don't know me? Don't you know me? I've been with you so long, you don't know who I am. But their brains are on overload. See, Jesus had calmed the sea. Just calm down. The disciples, when Jesus did that, they asked this interesting question. They said, who can this be that even the wind and waves obey him? This isn't normal. This isn't some magician or some good guy. This is more than that. For three and a half years, Jesus had been strategically revealing himself to these men who would be the foundation of the church. In Matthew chapter 16, Peter had a good moment. and He had a lot of bad moments, but he had some good moments too. You fire enough shots in the air, something's going to come down. Well, this was a good day for Peter. In Caesarea Philippi, as they're walking through and there's just all of these different gods on this mountainous wall that... Um, is in Caesarea Philippi, they're walking, and Jesus asks them, who do men say that I am? And they gave him the different, well, some say the prophets, some say this, some say that. But then Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? So I just, are you, are you getting this yet? And Peter had a great answer. It was, a, it was the right answer, but not the complete answer. And Peter said, you are the, the son of God, the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, okay, this is not something you came with on your own. The Father, because of his revelation, has revealed this to you. You're able to grasp this. It's good. So they were getting there. They were starting to get it. You are the one who's been promised from all time to come. You're the Messiah, one from God. So that was good. However, it still hadn't set in that he wasn't just from God. He himself was fully God. One of the roadblocks of growing 
is an accurate comprehension. Realizing that Jesus isn't just love. He isn't just the Lamb. You see, we can start to skew who he is. All love, all lamb, all tolerance, all accepting. He's not the Old Testament God. The scripture says Jesus in him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God hasn't changed because of the New Testament, because Jesus came. He's still God. But Jesus revealed a side of God we didn't know. We couldn't realize We couldn't touch him. We couldn't embrace him. We couldn't see his tears and his brokenness. We couldn't see any of that. We couldn't touch him. Not like Thomas who would stand before him after the resurrection. Stay tuned to hear more from today's teaching on building on the solid rock. Pastor Troy Neely has been sharing insights from God's word with us, and he'll have much more to share in the next part of this message. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we pray you've been encouraged and challenged by what you've heard. If you've been touched by this program or if you have any questions about Building on the Solid Rock, we'd love to hear from you. Send an email to info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can also find out more about this program by visiting buildingonthesolidrock.com. Listen to previous teachings as well and even subscribe to our podcast. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. they're not getting it. They didn't get it all the way then, even though Peter made this declaration. That's why there still were all the failures. You know, there still weren't getting everything, although they were getting there. But it wasn't until the one who doubts all the time, doubting Thomas, Jesus reveals himself. Remember, Thomas said, I, until I can touch the scars, until I can see him, I'm not, I, I just can't believe, I can't put my hope in it. The other disciples had seen him. They're the ones that told Thomas. And so Jesus Knowing he's got a plan and he needs a doubter in the group too. He goes to Thomas. He appears to him and he says, Thomas, touch my hands. Look at me. Don't be doubting, but be believing. And it was Thomas who made the great claim that is theologically rich, if you unpack it, because of his admission and his confession. He said, my Lord and my God. When you read that, there wasn't an exclamation like, my God. He was saying, my Lord and my God, it's you. This was after the resurrection, just before the ascension. And they got it and they were ready. But until then, they're learning. And so one of the things that hinders our growth, can be a roadblock to our growth, is an inaccurate comprehension. Look at verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. All right, you keep talking about the Father, going to the Father, knowing the Father, being close to the Father. Show us the Father. Just bring it. That'd be good. A second roadblock for us is inappropriate confirmation, or let me put it this way, excuses. Here's what Philip is saying. Lord, you give us a visible manifestation of the Father. You keep saying you're going to the Father. I'm going to be with the Father. I'm returning to the Father. You give us a a visible manifestation of him. Just tell him, hey, Father, get here. We're really close. Come show them. You do that, and that'll be enough for us. And we'll say, we got it just once. But see, here's the problem. There's one God in three persons. One God only. When you've seen one of them, the Son of God, you've seen God. They have the same character, the same traits. They would look identical. There is one God. But the Father has a role, and his role is to be sovereign, Ruler on the throne, 
and he will always be sovereign ruler on the throne. He can never not be sovereign ruler and on the throne. He's the father. And so don't picture God as having left heaven and come down. Well, we would have no one on the throne. It'd be vacant. Satan could start to take over. Jesus limiting himself. I mean, God limiting himself. So though there was the fullness of the Godhead bodily in Christ, it wasn't like the Father and the Holy Spirit were contained and they were limited. The Father was still the Father, the fullness of God, enthroned, sovereign, leading, fully God. Then there's the Son, God accessible, fully God, not doing anything the other would not do, in full cooperation, one unified God. That's it. But the Son was a revelation to mankind of who God is. The physical image, the express image, it says, of the invisible God. Relatable. We could see Him, touch Him, be with Him, learn so much about Him. We could have a relationship with God through the Son. And God could pay the price of sin. The Son of God experienced all the pain and is lifted up at the right hand of the Father, given the place of preeminence over the creation. And then the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, you might call the Holy Spirit the activity of God. God is busy, he's doing things. The Father is directing. Jesus is creating and coordinating and saving and relating. That's why we come in Jesus' name. We'll talk more about that next week, by the way. But then the Holy Spirit represents and is the person who is the activity of God in Christ's absence. He's at work. He's at work. In multiple places, all over, showing the activity of God in the heart of man. Fully God, all of them. Hard to explain, hard to understand. But for Jesus to bring down another being, another part of the Trinity, and go, boom, okay, right now there's no one on the throne, is an impossibility because God can never not be on the throne. The Father can never not be because that is the Father. If he came down, he'd be the son. And so that's why Jesus gives the answer that he does in just a moment. We'll we'll, we'll touch on that in just a moment. See, Jesus is talking to Philip. Philip's the one who asks. It was Philip who Jesus approached when they were feeding the multitudes. Uh, He was about to feed the multitudes. And he goes over to Philip and he asks, because they're near Philip's hometown is, is, is one reason, but he goes, Philip, Where can we get food for all these multitudes? And Philip looks around and he thinks, there's no way we can feed the multitudes. I can't get enough food. We don't have enough money. Do you know how much money it would take to feed them? He had no answer for Jesus' simple question, where can we get it? Because he was thinking about how impossible it was. See, the scripture says that Jesus did this to test Philip and he failed. But Jesus pulls off the great miracle and he provides Very little resources, just some fish and some loaves. And the answer for Philip was right in front of him. Here's your answer, right in front of you. Well, fast forward now to this encounter with Philip. And Philip wants to now see the manifestation of God, the manifestation of the Father. See, when he's talking about the Father and God, the Father, that's that's God, the God who they've always known, the Father. Bring him down, man, you're close to him. You're the son of God. You're, you're, You're close to him. You're from heaven. But they still hadn't connected it yet. 
And Jesus is connecting those dots here. Philip doesn't have the hindsight yet of the risen Lord, where Thomas's confession makes things so clear for us all today. So there's still more for them to experience. But today, listen, the same thing that Philip is saying here, many are saying today. It's this. You know, if God would just show himself, I'd believe. If he'd just show himself, I'd believe. The problem is it's right before their very eyes. The heavens declare the glory. Where did you come from, by the way? Oh, you want to believe in a big bang? Okay. I mean, if you want to put your faith in that, but I got an answer for you. I mean, I think we should all be thankful for and consider where did we come from? How did this happen? I mean, I cut myself and, and, and it heals. What is this? Where did this come from? There's a male and a female, and together, by, well, God's design, they can produce offspring. How is this? Where did this come from? An explosion? I mean, I can understand things like Legos, you know, throw them down, and the odds are it's never going to happen, but you throw them down, and, and a little Lego city happens. That's about, you know, in a small way, the extent of what they're saying. But no Lego self rebuilds itself. No Lego self can reproduce itself. I mean, this is just beyond things coming into an order. This is life that has been set in motion. So it's all around, but people use the excuse, if I could just see him. That's why the Lord has sent us around his lights in the world, that they might be reminded. They might see, you've changed. What has happened? Well, there's a God. He's doing a work in hearts, and I'm a result of what God's doing, that there is a real God doing a real work. So there's an inappropriate confirmation or excuse. They say something that isn't necessarily true, but it's a good excuse. But see, this can't happen because following him is by faith. We have to follow by faith. We have all that we need to respond by faith. It's Hebrews eleven six that says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So... So these are some of the roadblocks to knowing God and growing is that we have an inappropriate confirmation and an inaccurate comprehension. So let's talk about some resources for knowing him. How can we know him? Look at verse 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? The first resource that we have to be able to know the Lord and thus grow is, by, is being in his presence. We get to be in his presence like the disciples were. Have you not been with me? You've been in my presence and you don't know. There were things that you should have been revealed to you. You should have seen that reveal to you who I am because you were in my presence. Jesus' words are really enlightening. You've been with me so long and you still don't know who I am. Well, it means that you can spend time with him and not really get to know him, what he's capable of, who he really is. See, Jesus is more than just the one who died on the cross for your sins. He's more than just the one who died on the cross because he loves you. He is God. He's able. He commands. He has your future in mind. He maps out. He's got a plan for you. He's more than just gentle Jesus, meek and mild. He is God. And you 
are able to do all things in him. But you got to get to know him. You got to spend time in his presence. Let me encourage you to do more than just read and study the Bible. Hey, we're so glad you joined us today for Pastor Troy's teaching in the book of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. There, you'll also find an archive of previous messages from Pastor Troy, as well as information about this radio ministry, Building on the Solid Rock. You might be interested in the church behind this ministry as well, Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to meet you and for you to be a part of our weekly services. For the latest service times, please visit our website. You'll find a link to Calvary Chapel Solid Rock at buildingonthesolidrock.com. From all of us on the production team at Building on the Solid Rock, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in today. We pray you continue to seek God during these times of uncertainty and that you explore what He wants to teach you in His Word. Join us again as Pastor Troy continues sharing from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come